It's good to see all you folks here. We are incredibly uh, blessed to have a very special family with us today. And Ryan and Hope Summers and their family, um, they are missionaries to Slovakia. And uh, so Ryan is going to come in just a moment and share with us. At the end of the service, we'll be taking up our offering. And so if you do, if the Lord moves on your heart to give something uh, for their ministry, we encourage you to do that. Um, you can just write on the envelope uh, what, what you want it to go to, whether it's tithes and offerings or a, the, for our guest missionaries. Um, so you don't have to write separate checks or anything like that. Just write it on the outside the envelope, and we'll make sure that it gets to them. But we're excited. They've, they've come a long way. They're from Missouri and um, God's country, maybe. I'm not sure. Um, never lived there, so I, I don't know. I feel like Texas is pretty close. But, uh, but we're incredibly honored um, to invite them uh, up. So would you welcome Ryan and Hope Summers and their family this morning? All right. Thank you so much, Pastor. And thank you, Friendship Church, just for allowing us to be here to, to speak into your life. I know it's a special thing when any time um, a pastor gives up his pulpit to allow someone else to speak into his congregation, so I appreciate that so much. And I just wanted to say, as I was sitting there, I really appreciate the worship. You know, you, you have this calling, and you have this burden for the nations, and it's essentially it's our full-time job to make people care about missions. To make people care about Slovakia, yes. To Europe, yes, as we feel called to all of Europe. But to make people care about missions in general, and some days you can get worn down by that. Like, why are people so distracted? <laughs> and you just, you have those types of questions. It's like, what else can I possibly do to make people care about missions? And you begin to think, man, God, am I ever going to get to the mission field? Is this ever really going to happen? But as you sing those songs about God's faithfulness and about how his promises are always yes and amen and and how we know that he is for us and we don't have to doubt that how we can just give in to that and be reminded of his promises it was just it was such an encouragement to me i couldn't help but worship and pray and just you know maybe shed a tear or two but um, i'm very thankful to be here um my name is ryan summers and i'm here with my lovely wife hope who's in the front row here. And we have our five awesome missionary kids here with us. Our oldest is Grace. Our next oldest is Nevaeh. And then we have Eden. And then Miss Journey, baby girl. And then our son, my man, Brighton, who he wanted to go to kids church. And if you meet Brighton, he is just a ball of energy. He can't sit still. And he does this every single week. I said, yeah, go to kids, have fun, do your thing, run it off. Um, I know he's still going to have energy when he gets out of there. Uh, last week or last year, he had a heart surgery. He was born with a heart defect, and it kind of slowed him. Kind of slowed him down over the years. Um, he would he would get tired every so often, you know, from that heart surgery. He had a hole in his heart, and we kept putting it off year after year. The doctor said, you know, we'll wait, we'll wait, we'll wait. Well, then finally last year, it came to the point where he was jumping in and out of the pool, and he was turning blue, not getting enough oxygen in his in his body, and they said, okay, it's time to do the surgery. So a year from October, uh, a year ago, he had that surgery, and man, he became a completely different kid. All kinds of blood flowing through there. His brain, his personality actually changed. He had more blood flow through his brain, and they said it, it awakened different things in his brain. 
And it just allowed him to, to go. Sometimes it's like, you know what? I can save a ton on gas. I'm just going to strap you to the front of the van and just have you go down I-70. But we're so thankful to be here. We're thankful that church is meeting in this place. I know some people are still meeting on, online, and that's great that you're able to still um, be together in that way. There's still many places all over the U.S. that are st- still not meeting um, that still don't feel comfortable in that, or maybe they're mandated to stay home um, as we've reached out all over the U.S., but I'm thankful that we get to be here in the house of God, and what an unprecedented year this has been. You know, we, do we talk about it too much? What else is there to talk about, right? Maybe we talk about it too much, but 2020 has been crazy, and you know what? Sometimes I don't even think it's necessarily sickness because there's all kinds of sicknesses, COVID-19 is just the next trend, right? There's always flu, there's colds, there's all kinds of things floating around, and and it goes from country to country, and maybe this seems like it's such an inflated thing. Why is that? I don't know. Maybe we're the ones inflating it. It's not what's unprecedented. Other microphone. That better? All right. That makes my voice sound deeper. Radio voice, yeah. I always had a face for radio. But um, no, so maybe it's not sickness that is necessarily unprecedented in 2020. But we've had a pretty um, crazy political year. We don't have regular TV at our house, and it's such a blessing. I didn't, I skipped all the political ads this year that I've heard other people complain about. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's something I could brag about, right? I missed all of it. I'm thankful for that. Um, but even that, we've had, it's always contentious in the political season, and we've had different things happening this year where there's been some, some racial tensions in this country and different protests and all kinds of things, and um, there's been racism in this country for a long time, too. So what is it that makes 2020 so unprecedented? Because all these things have happened before. And I honestly, I, th- I think that really what makes it so crazy and so unprecedented is the amount of information that we have about it and the amount of misinformation that we have about everything. Does anybody really know the truth? Unless you witness things firsthand, I don't know if we really know the truth about anything. We are just filtering what's being told to us. And the crazy thing is, is if if we're not careful in the body of Christ, we can start viewing other people through the eyes of the news rather than the eyes of the good news, rather than his word and what God has told us that we should believe about people, right? And that's not a good thing. There's a lot of talk about end-time events in the Christian world, and we, we see those things, and, and people are talking about them. And Jesus had some things to say about that. You know, in Matthew 24, as he's telling his disciples about the end days, one of the verses that piqued me, um, in verse 12, he says, in the end, in those last days, sin will be rampant, and the love of many will grow cold. And you definitely see that. If there's anything that's a sign of the end, sin is rampant in this world. We see it all over. And it's just getting more and more um, grotesque. People are inventing ways of sinning now. But the love of many is growing cold. And not just out there, but also in here, in the church. We're not immune to our love growing cold. If we're not, if we're not careful... If we're feeding into everything that media is telling us too, because we're not immune to it, our love can begin to grow cold too. So what, it, what is the cure for all of this? What is the cure for this? Jesus 
Jesus said in Mark 12, verse 30, this is his simplest command. And this is something that sometimes we need to get back to the simplicity, the basics of Christianity, and just think, okay, what did Jesus tell me to do? Because right now I feel like everything is just chaos. My mind is chaos. I'm distracted. What did Jesus tell me to do? We just need to stop and pause and remember that Jesus says, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. And he said the second thing is, is equally important, and to love your neighbor as yourself. I'll read that one again. Love your neighbor <laughs> as much as you love yourself. This one's much harder. But he says no command is greater than these, than these two together. It's not just loving God, but also loving people. And that seems to be the hard one that we can't get our minds around is loving people. Jesus said that we will be known by our love. So what are we showing the world with our actions and with our, with our posts on Facebook? What are we showing people? How is your love doing these days? That's my question to you. How is your love doing? Whenever you come up against something that offends your conscience, what offends who you are, how does your love react? Because what comes out of the heart comes out of the mouth, right? So how, how does your reaction? It's, it's easy to say that you're a Christian. It's easy to act like a Christian, especially in church. It could be easy to, to, to act like you're a Christian when you're in here, but it's relatively harder to react like one. When something comes up against you, and that gut reaction comes out, what's going to come out of there? What's in your heart? And so we need to start viewing people through a different lens. You know, I, I wear glasses, and if I take them off, you all look like a bunch of blobs sitting there, which, hey, that kind of calms the nerves when we do that. Let's just look at that, but I can't read what we're doing. But I know uh, several of you in here wear glasses too, and you need that corrective lens, right, in order to view the world correctly, Otherwise, everything is skewed, and it causes irritation. It can cause headaches, and that's the same thing whenever we're viewing people through the wrong lens. We need to view people through the lens of Scripture. We need to get back to the basics of God's Word in order to be great at that great commandment, in order to love God, to love people, and to not let our love go cold. So what is the first thing? What is the first lens that we need to put on whenever we're viewing people? You know, it's go right back to the, to the beginning of Scripture. This is a theme that's all throughout Scripture. We are created in God's image. That's the first thing. We are created in God's image, and if that is true, then all of humanity has value. If you can go to the next slide. Has value. You know, whenever we look at somebody, what is it that you see? What is it that you feel in your heart towards that person? Do you believe that they have value? There's two different kinds of family on that. Where we're going in Slovakia, there's a, a huge racial um, divider there between how people live. And essentially, racism is what keeping the Roma, who we're going to be ministering to, on the outskirts of society in a European culture, but they're living in third world conditions. What? Oh, I thought somebody was saying something. No. So, yes, people have value. We're made in God's image, and therefore we are the objection, we are the object of his love. So we have value, and it's, this may be surprising, but we don't just have value, but we all have the same value. There's no hierarchy. There's really, this may, this may seem um, uh, counterintuitive, but there's really no races 
God created human beings. You go to Genesis 126 on the next slide. It says, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish, the birds, the livestock, all the wild animals that scurry along the ground. Those are all things that God spoke into existence, but whenever he created humans, he formed them and he fashioned them to be like us, he says, the Trinity, like the Godhead, like God. We're created in his image, all of humanity. Not just one people and then he made another kind of people and then he made another kind of people. No, he just made humans. We're just the human race. And that's how we need to start viewing people. It need to be how we start looking at people. In Psalm 139, I don't know if you can see. Oh, yeah, good. You can see that. Um, King David says, thank you, Lord, for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. I hope that you think that way whenever you view yourself, that you can honestly view yourself that way as a workmanship of God, that he formed you and he fashioned you like a masterpiece. And then when you believe that about yourself and you look another human being in the eye, you can say, you know what, that's an image bearer of God too. They have been formed and fashioned in God's image too. And now I'm going to take all of Jesus that's inside of me and I'm going to love them like, like I know that is true. So that's the first lens that we look through is value. Very simple. It seems very simple, but it can be very hard, you know, when we put it into practice. The first lens is value, then the second concept or the second um, thing that we need to believe about people is capacity. Capacity. We have to believe that when people are created in the image of God, they have literally been designed with the capacity to respond to God's grace and be radically changed whenever they hear the gospel. Every time, every time, people are designed to respond to God who created them. That's exciting. As you look around, you go, man, those people are crazy. They're image bearers of God, and they can respond to the gospel whenever they feel that love from someone who has that love with inside of them. This idea of capacity, this is what drives the mission of the church. Essentially, this is what drives missionary work is capacity. We go to the, to the utmost parts of the earth because we believe that everyone can respond. This is what drives your pastor to do what he does. This, he may have never even used this word or might not have been the forefront you know, of, the, of his ministry. But the idea of capacity, he believes that no matter who comes through these doors and sits in these seats, hears a presentation of the gospel, can respond. And he's going to give them the opportunity to do that the first time and every time that they come in. If we don't believe in capacity as the body of Christ, it puts limitations on us. It puts limitations on, on how much we give, right? It puts limitations on how, how much I pray, for, for another human being. It puts limitations on how willing I am to go to all these places on the earth, to take the gospel, or how willing I am to send people to the utmost parts of the earth. We have to believe that every person on this planet can respond, no matter the demographic, and then live our life through that lens. Um, you know, right now there's roughly 2,800 missionaries in the AGWM. And that seems like a lot of missionaries until you take into account there's almost 8 billion people on this earth. And then you look at that and you go, there's not nearly enough. There's not nearly enough. There are a lot of people holding the rope, so to speak, here in the, here in the States. 
to help the missionaries get to the field. And I am thankful for every single one of those people. We need those people to hold the rope, to pray, to give. But we also need people to go. And that's part of what we do as missionaries. We, we, I don't get up here and just say, hey, I need your money. Or, hey, I need your prayers. No, we need you guys to go, too. If God has been stirring in someone's heart to go to a particular place or to even take a team to go to a different place, a lot of work that is done in Slovakia is done through teams. We urge you guys to do that and to go, to be obedient to that voice. I want to read Colossians 2, 13. It says, he says, you were dead because of your sins, and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away, then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all of our sins. He turns graves into gardens, right? He canceled the charges against us, and he took it away by nailing it to the cross. This is the good news. And aren't you just overjoyed that someone brought this good news to you? Even if it was your parents or your grandparents or, you know, a a ministry bus that picks you up on the corner or whatever it is then comes and brings you to church, aren't you thankful that somebody believed in your capacity to bring you to a presentation of the gospel that brought you to Jesus? Like um, Andrew brought Peter to Jesus. Like Barnabas brought Saul to the other believers so they can have faith in, in who Paul was and he can be fulfill his ministry, right? There's always somebody that's going to bring somebody to Jesus. Will you be that somebody to bring somebody to Jesus? Capacity. Believe in capacity. You know, I was not always a believer. I didn't grow up going to church. And so this is always one of those things that I'm very passionate about because I know that there was a lot of people who thought that I would not change and could not change. Um, I'm a completely different person now than what I used to be. But there was a time in my life where I was not a believer, and there was many people who wrote me off, but the people of God prayed for me, people continued to reach out to me, and this, this stubborn heart of mine one day did give in, did respond to the God who created me, and not only did it change my life, but it changed the whole trajectory of my family's life. And, and I just have to sit back sometimes, and just, and I, I'm in wonder, and I'm in awe of all that God does to get us to certain points in our life. But he doesn't just get you to that point to say, oh, look, I got you to this point. Now you turn around and you bless the next person. You bless the next generation. People say that you don't need missionaries in Europe because they've already had their chance. Maybe hundreds of years ago, they might have been um, somewhat Christianized, but it was Christendom. It was a convert or die type mentality that was there. And even so, the next generation has to hear. And the next generation has to hear. And then the next generation has to hear. So we have to continue to do that. That's why we have churches here. Even if there are a lot of Christians in Texas, you have to reach the next generation and the next generation, right? You have to continue it going and going and going. And don't let it intimidate you. Please don't let it intimidate you to share Jesus with somebody because it's really not you that's doing it. Let's read Titus 3. It says, but when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us. Not because of the righteous things that we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Christ Jesus our Savior. And because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and forgave and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Notice who's doing all the saving here. Was it you? 
Was it the apostles doing the saving? No, it was Jesus doing the saving. They do the loving and the proclaiming of, of God's word, and then God does all the saving. That takes an enormous pressure off of you. They're not rejecting you. If you're sharing Jesus with them and they say no, they're rejecting Jesus. And that takes a burden off of you. You're not giving them a set of rules to live by. You are sharing the story of Christ. You share the story of Jesus. You want them to fall in love with Jesus, not just to be better people. Because I'll tell you, there are no good people in heaven. There's only forgiven people. So take that into consideration. There's only forgiven people in heaven. So if we can get to this point, this, this lens, where value and capacity, <clears throat> excuse me, capacity are how we are viewing people, then the third thing is really what it's all about. In the next slide, it is significance. Significance. We are created by God, so we have value. We're designed with the capacity to respond to the gospel, and that means that everyone who calls upon the name of Jesus can have great significance in this life. We are representatives of God. And so therefore, every person in this room who calls Jesus their savior, you have great significance with your sphere of influence. Whoever God has placed in your life, God has you there for a reason. And God put those people in your life for a reason. And you can have great significance weaving the gospel into conversations. It doesn't have to be this thing that you beat people over the head with, but this should be the natural speech that comes out of your mouth because you love Jesus because you love his word, because you want to see them also in heaven someday with you because they're your friends, right? That should be our motivating thing. And so we just weave the gospel into our conversations and we can have great, great significance in how we evangelize the entire world. You know, I heard another missionary say that and I'm going to steal it from him. But they said in, in 94 years, the Coke product was able to, or in 100 years, however long it was been, they were able to take Coke, Coca-Cola, and through brand imaging, they were able to get their brand name and recognition into 94% of the world. And that just blew my mind. We've had, two, we've had the gospel now for 2,000 years, and there are still 6,000 unreached people groups in the world. What on earth have we been doing we need to hire the people at Coke and say, we need, can you make Jesus famous in 94% of the world so we can go home? In Matthew 24, Jesus said, uh, whenever he was speaking at the last days, he said, and this gospel will be preached to the whole world, and then the end will come. Then the end will come. So we're not just sitting here waiting for Jesus to come back. No, we're, we're actively moving through the world trying to tell every nation or people group or however you want to say it about Jesus, and then the end will come. That's one of my motivating factors of being a missionary. I want to go home. I want to go home. And I know that it is possible to rapidly expand the gospel whenever, it, whenever revival starts happening in places. And, and word of mouth happens, you see how things spread, especially now with so many different devices and things. Whenever Jesus is the thing that we're spreading, it can spread like wildfire. It can still happen in our lifetime that every people group on this earth can be evangelized. But we have to go, and we have to be willing to send. And so, significance. Um, the next slide. This is our prayer. For every person in here and every person on earth, Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous 
and holy. That can be their significance. In my life verse now, Ephesians 2.10, we're created in God's, we are God's masterpiece, created us anew in Christ Jesus to do the good works that he's planned for us long ago. That kind of encompasses everything that we're talking about. Value, capacity, significance. That is something that we need to believe. And so the significance that God has for our family, the summer seven, as we like to call ourselves, is to go to Slovakia, to be in Eastern Europe, to, to tell the people in Slovakia um, about Jesus and to, to minister to their needs. You know, the Roma have so many different needs. And one of the things that we want to do, rather than just repeat what's in our video, we actually have a missions video. It's three minutes long. And it kind of give you a visual of where we're going and who we're going to be ministering to. If we can go ahead and play the video. Hey, everybody, I'm Ryan. And I'm Hope. And, and we're, we're the, the Summer Seven. Seven. Your missionaries to Slovakia. So I grew up a church girl, and in the fifth grade, I was given the opportunity to be a foreign exchange student to Russia. I remember the next fall being at youth convention. At 13 years old, I just began to ask God, what do you have for me to do? Why am I here? And missions, missions was the huge word of my life. I didn't really grow up going to church, and we had gotten married very young, and it wasn't until we were married for around six or seven years when God got a hold of my heart. Again, reading the Bible for myself for the first time, and you get to the passage of Ephesians 2.10, and it says that you are God's masterpiece, created anew in Christ Jesus to do the good works that He's planned for you to do. And it's kind of a mind blow, like, what are these good works that God has planned for me to do? And so as you seek those out, he led us to foreign missions. I knew that it was not by accident, that what God had begun to do in my life as a young person, He was carrying that purpose over into my life as an adult and now into the life of my family. As missionaries, we'll be in the country of Slovakia. In Slovakia, we plan to engage the secularized through cultural immersion. We plan to be a part of church planning and revitalization through connecting with our national leaders and our pastors. We also pray to stand with the marginalized Roma Gypsy people. The Roma are Europe's largest ethnic minority group. They live marginalized and completely excluded from society. One in three Roma are unemployed and 95% live below the poverty line. So hunger, a lack of indoor plumbing, little access to health care and education produces many opportunities for ministry. We go into the Roma villages every day and offer preschool education and English classes and we offer the children healthy meals that they don't get on an everyday basis and it's just a wonderful opportunity to show them the love of Jesus. So our family is compelled and committed to going and serving the people of Slovakia. And as simple as it sounds, God mandated that we go into all the world and make disciples and so we go. God first loved us and because He loved us, we go and we love and we serve. And there are many ways that you can connect with us via email and also on social media through Facebook and Instagram um, and also our webpage at agmd.org. I thank you guys so much for your prayers, for your support, and for your partnership. Goodbye. <laughs>
I see a beautiful people group that just wants the same things that you and I do. They, they want to be accepted by others. They want to have love. They, you know, they want to survive till the next day. And many of those things that we take for granted. Um, and so we, that's our heart. We want to go and we want to share Jesus with as many people as we can and do all we can to help show the love of Christ, you know, in Slovakia. Um, Slovakia, if you don't know where it is, if you can see that, it is right next to Poland and Hungary, um, Austria, Ukraine, Czech Republic. And so it's right there and dead in the center of, uh, of Europe. And so that's our heart is Central Eastern Europe. That's where we love to be. And, you know, we look at that younger generation that's there. <clears throat> they have the potential to change the whole landscape of who they are as a people and the whole landscape of, of Slovakia, really. Whenever God can get a hold of their heart and change so many things in their culture and really just change so many things about uh, how they're viewed, there's so many things that can change in one generation. And so we primarily will reach out to the next generation. And I know that that significance is there. And the significance really starts with reaching to our next generation too. And so I want to invite my two oldest girls up here, Grace and Avea. They get... I want to tell you, this, these two girls, they have a heart, they have a passion for missions, and they're going to get one term with us on the field, and then they're going to college, and we're going to miss them very much, but they wanted to express just their heart for missions. They're going to do it in Slovak, which will be cool, Slovak language, and Grace is going to interpret. Um, so yeah, let's, let's do this. Dobro rano, mi se volame Grace Nevea, a mi smi tak vražni, že tu možeme být dneska s vami. Good morning. We are Grace and Avea, and we are so thankful that we get to be here with you today. My sme momi vyrážni, že sme mori vyrážce prilštetostom zaučit o Ježišovi a ho poznat ob maličke. We have been blessed to grow up with every opportunity to learn about Jesus and know him from a young age. Kids sme da dozvedeli, že romský a slovenský dite nemajú tu ištu prešetosť, sme boli sklamni. Niekto môže ísť a rozprávať o Ježišovi. Naši vodičia a my sme pripravení ísť a povedať áno. When we were told how the Roma and Slovak people have not had the same opportunities that we've had to know Jesus, we were not okay with this. Someone has to go and share Jesus. Our parents said yes and we were ready to say yes too. Veľmi sa tíšime, že sme boli dané túto príležitosť iš na Slovensku a rozsúvať o Ježišovi. Keď sme, že by všetci božitili lásku tak ako my. We are thankful and excited to be given this opportunity to go to Slovakia and share Jesus with its people. We want everyone to be able to have the same opportunities to experience Christ's love as we have. Na Slovensku budeme pamahat výškolke mladáža a kesát im buží lásku. Týs sa týšeme na týmov bohohrozby mladáž nigi tabor a výštabu. Kýcime složit im tak, ako Ježíš nám složí. In Slovakia, we will be helping with preschool and youth ministries, showing them the love of Jesus. We are excited for teams to come help us with outreaches, youth camps, and construction. We are compelled to serve like Jesus has served us. Thank you for letting us share about Slovakia with you today. 
Ahoy. Thank you, guys. That's awesome. I have my own built-in translator. That's really cool because I have no idea. You know, I try to peek over her shoulder and read what she's saying, and it's going to take me so much longer to pick up a- another language. When you've been speaking one language for 38 years, um, it's a little bit harder to pick that up, but I'm thankful that they can do that. So, so that, is, that is us. We are going to Slovakia. We are, we are so thankful that we get to be here. We're so thankful that, that God believed enough in all of us that he saw value, that he saw um, our capacity, that he believes in that capacity, and he sent a way for us to come to, to him and through Jesus. Um, and now he has great significance for all of us. We're very thankful for that. So as we go, we just ask that you would pray for us. We invite you to pray. Um, pray for our family. As we enter into that spiritual warfare, and that's exactly what it is. Uh, the first time we served as missionary associates in the Czech Republic, and even though we were in the city of Prague, which is like forever my f- favorite city, I love it. But even as you step into that beautiful city, it's like someone putting on, um, you know, I was in the service. And so it's like somebody putting on that rucksack right on your back. And that's the, kind of the heaviness that you feel because there's not just this movement of the Holy Spirit that you feel so much around here in America. There's not that many representatives of Christ. One out of every 100 there was an evangelical Christian. So 99% were not. So it's very heavy that you feel that. And so it's very much a spiritual warfare. And I'm thankful whenever I would get those messages from people to just say, hey, you know what? God put you on my heart today and I'm gonna pray for you. And I, you know, thank you because it was a rough day. For whatever reason, it was a rough day. So if you pick up a prayer card off of our table, we would appreciate that. Anytime you see our name, if it's on your fridge or whatever, just say a quick prayer. Um, I'm sure we would very much appreciate it. Now, we also ask that you give generously. Um, right now, we are a little over halfway, and 100 more partners at $50 a month would get us to the field. We could leave today if we, if we had that. You know, that's $1.66 a day. You know, not trying to be a salesman, but what better product could you take than the gospel to the nations for $1.66 a day? That's really nothing. That's like a, a gallon of gas, right? So $1.66 a day. And that will do it. And you can partner with us. You can pick up a form out on the table if you want to do that. Or you can talk to us if you'd like to do that online. There's definitely, there's multiple ways of doing that. And also, one of the things that we, that we wanted to say is teams. I know I already said that. But, man, if teams want to come, if God places that on your heart to come to build a church, to build a school, to help build these little homes rather than the little shanties that the Roma have. Sometimes we have donors they give, uh, donate materials and, and building materials to, to make those houses. If you want to come help build those, they'd be very much appreciated. So we just thank you guys so much for allowing us to be here. So um, I'm going to give it back over to Pastor. Thank you guys.